<clears throat> well, my name is, uh, like Dave said earlier, my name is Jason Parrish. I am the lead pastor of what is uh, affectionately known as The Well, a brand new church plant here in Salt Lake City. And uh, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. And, and just really quickly before I get started, um, we are guests here, our, our team, myself are guests here in K2 Church. Uh, your guys' team has been nothing but amazing uh, to us. I don't know if you guys know how much work goes into a weekend to make things happen around here. So could you just put your hands together for your guys' team, your pastors? What a bunch of amazing, amazing people. <clears throat> Pastor Dave Nelson is uh, really, in so many ways, been a gift to us. We met him uh, about six years ago uh, when we were actually transitioning to uh, to Phoenix, and uh, he's been just an amazing help to us, an amazing encouragement, and has really uh, pastored uh, myself and my wife uh, during this process. And you guys, K2 Church, uh, I want to give you guys a round of applause as well for just uh, plowing the way in this valley. Come on, we live in an amazing city. Salt Lake City is an amazing city, and uh, God is doing so many amazing things things through uh, so many of the churches here. So thank you guys for just being faithful and, uh, and, and loving people, loving Jesus. Come on, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? About just loving people, loving Jesus, making an impact uh, in this area. So we love you guys. We love K2 Church, everything that you guys are doing. Uh, well, this morning... I just want to spend some time really just kind of chatting. I want to tell a little bit about our story. Uh, Dave has asked us just to kind of share our heart for the city, share our, our vision uh, for the well, our church, and just kind of let you guys know a little bit what's going on. And then I really want to kind of bring it to a practical place as well and, and, and really help every single one of us understand this uh, really simple concept, but such a large concept. And it's the idea of surrender. Could you say surrender this morning? Surrender. So we'll get there. This this is going to be like a little bit of an episode of Lost. Um, we're going to go in a couple different places, and uh, I have a little bit of ADD, so I might bounce around a little bit and move. And I talk with my hands a lot. Are you guys cool with that? So um, that's where we're going to be this morning. So uh, I'm going to throw a picture up right here. This is my lovely wife, Erica. Our two little kiddos. Um, we like producing babies, so that's them, and uh, uh, they're awesome. That's Justice, our little guy. He'll be three in February, and that Shiloh, our little girl. And uh, she'll be two um, in May. Thank you, May. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first one, your mind's there. The second one, everything's gone. So uh, you parents know what I'm talking about. So that that is our family. I'm going to ask our team just to stand up really quick. Team, they're kind of all around different places. Um, Could you guys give these a round of applause? You guys are awesome, awesome people. Thanks, guys. We dragged as many people with us as possible, so they're involved in bands and all kinds of different things. We brought our our, uh, parents. uh, My wife's parents came with us, um, which is awesome to have your parents-in-law with us. We actually have a good relationship with our parents-in-law, so that's a a really good good thing. They are a huge blessing to us. My sister-in-law is here from Washington, D.C. Would you just stand up? I want to embarrass you because I always do this. Uh, Stand up. Single guys, she's available. So um, just... Just putting that out there. Sorry. Come on. You guys love having fun in church? I'm on. That's what we're going to do this morning. So, um... You ever had a moment in life where uh, you had a conversation or you're thinking through some things and it just profoundly impacted everything about you, your world, the way you thought, the way you viewed life? You ever had one of those moments before? Uh, It was 2001. I was in Bible college in Sydney, Australia. I was a part of Hillsong Church there uh, doing my education and and, uh, doing some leadership and stuff. And, And so we had this moment. I'll get to that moment in a second. But there's been some defining moments in my life personally, uh, proposing to Erica, my wife. 
uh, I proposed to her at a women's conference, which was dumb. So, um, if you ever want to throw yourself into a pit of judgment, propose to your wife at a women's conference, all right? So they're all watching how it goes down. They're judging every single moment of it, and it was actually a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool time. So that was a defining moment, proposing and marrying my wife. It's changed everything about my world, right? That was a lesson in bravery. Uh, the birth of our children, okay? Birth of our children, defining moments. Uh, our first little guy, Justice. Uh, it was such a huge moment. You sit there and you wonder, do I have what it takes to do this? And, and can I be a good father? And, and will I be a good father? And, and you're going through all these moments. And so the birth of our, of our children, the question that we all ask ourselves as parents, what have I gotten myself into, right? It's a defining moment. The day I became a Christ follower. Come on, many of you in here would know that. Maybe some of you don't know that yet. But the day that I became a Christ follower was a game-changing moment in my life. And probably for many of you, game-changing moment in your life. The day that you said yes to Jesus. We all have these moments. So 2001, back to Sydney, Australia. I'm uh, sitting in a group of my friends, and we're just kind of having the normal Bible college conversation that all Bible college students have. And it's, how are you going to change the world when you leave Bible college? What are you going to do? And so everybody's kind of spitballing things, and you have a bunch of would-be preachers and, and, and worship leaders and, and people who just want to pastor and love people. So all this stuff is going on. And, and here we are in the middle of the conversation, and uh, I've actually, my family lives here in the Salt Lake City area, all up and down from Ogden to, uh, to the Lehigh area, Pleasant Grove area. I've got family all up and down uh, this area. So I've been coming here along with my brother uh, for probably since we were about nine, uh, eight or nine years old. So I really consider this place a second home to us. And so a lot of my friends that were sitting in that circle knew that. And they said, hey, Jason, wouldn't it be funny if one day you planted a church in Utah? Kind of knowing some of the things that went with the whole vibe of Utah and understanding kind of some of the demographics and, and how things go around here. Wouldn't it be funny? It was kind of a joke to them. Wouldn't it be funny if you planted a church in Utah one day? Everybody kind of laughed and giggled. And, and I walked away from that conversation. And as, as I was walking away from that conversation, it was like the proverbial bomb went off inside of me. You ever had that happen before? You leave this just kind of this little conversation. All of a sudden, you're having like all these flashes of what could be and what should be and what might be and you're, God, are you speaking to me? What is this? Did I just have bad pizza last night? Like, what is happening right now? And all these dreams start taking place in, in your mind and your heart. And that was really the start of this journey that we are now just beginning. 2001 began something that is now just starting this year, 2013, as we head into this new year. And it's, it's called The Well. It's called The Well. And I don't know if, if, you, if you know this, but in the Bible, you can find all of these moments where people from all kinds of cities and all kinds of places, they would gather around the well, and they would, they, would, they would hang out, and they'd get to know one another, and they would be encouraged, and they would draw from the well so that uh, they can bring water back to the surrounding areas. And as my wife and I, Erica, prayed about this and thought about this, we really felt God dropped it in our heart to be the well in Salt Lake City, to be a church among so many other churches churches who have decided, who have, who have set their course to be a church that can literally change a city. And I don't know if you understand this. These are, these, you know, of course, pastors, we're supposed to have big visions, right? We're supposed to be the guys that, that are like, hey, we could change a city. Yeah, come on, join us. But do you believe that? Do you believe that God could literally change and transform a city? 
And here's, the, here's, here's what's cool to dial into it just a little bit further. A city is made up of people. I know that was deep right there. That was profound. That's Bible college in action right there, right? A city is made up of people. So when we're saying that we're talking about changing a city, we're not talking about changing architecture and buildings and roadways. We're talking about changing people's lives. Not by what we do or say or play or anything like that, but literally by speaking the words of the Bible, by speaking the gospel, by telling people about the grace and the love and the audacious mercy of Jesus. When we talk about that stuff, when we tell people that stuff, come on, people's lives are changed. You with me this morning on that? And so we're talking about being churches, the well, K2 church, so many other churches around here, talking about changing a city. That's really kind of where we're at. And we've been on this journey that started in 2001 to, to be a church for our city. Myself, my wife, my, our, our family, 16 other people have moved, relocated from Phoenix to plant a church in, um, in the 215 loop, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the 215 loop, uh, Murray Mill Creek, uh, Holiday, Cottonwood Heights, East Mill Creek, that area. That's, uh, that's the area that we're going to be focusing on. And, and uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we uh, have come into a partnership with Olympus Junior High. We're going to be holding our services there beginning on February the 10th, 2013. So there's going to be another church locking arms with K2, um, preaching the gospel, talking about grace. That's really what we're about. Simple. We're a simple team, simple people with a simple message. We just want to love Jesus and we want to love people. And that's really what we're about. We want to create a church. And, and you may be wondering, what does this have to do with anything? Don't worry, I'll, I'll get there, okay? But we want to create a church where uh, we preach the gospel in such a way that people understand it. You ever been into a church before? And, uh, and maybe they start talking and you're like, what are you talking about? Not here. K2 is awesome at just bringing it real. But we want to be a church that just keeps it fresh, keeps it easy to understand so people can walk in and be like, oh, that's what that means. We want to be a a church where you get to know people. You actually get to know the person next to you. It's this pop word called community. I love community. I want to hang out. In Phoenix, when we lived in Phoenix, I did not know my neighbor's name. Sorry to say that. I knew a few of my neighbors' names, but not everybody. We didn't talk. We didn't hang out that much. But it's amazing since being here, we've said, before we even start services, we want to model community. Get to know our neighbors. Get to know people. Actually borrow sugar from somebody. So I want to be a, a place where you actually know your neighbor. Instead of walking into church and you're like, who's that person? What's going on? Man, wouldn't it be cool to be in a place where you could just know, you sit down next to the person and you're just like, man, what's going on? How's life been treating you this week? How's it going? You can encourage each other and love on one another. Guys, you can give high fives because we don't like to hug. And so um, we can do all of these things within community. We want to be a church that gets our hands dirty. We want to be a church that gets our hands involved in the community. We want to be knowing not what we're against, but who we're for. I think that's what the church should be. Too long the church uh, globally has been known for what it's against, and we stand at odds with our community. And yeah, man, there's things that we don't necessarily agree with, and our, and our theology doesn't necessarily line up with. But you know what? Uh, if I look at the Gospels, if I look at the life of Jesus, come on, how many of you know that Jesus was known a lot more for what he was for and who he was for versus what he was against? And that's how he loved people to life. We want to be a church that's celebratory. 
Church that's exciting. Come on, K2 Church is a fun church I've heard. Yeah, it's an exciting church. And we want to be one of those type of churches, a church that you can come into and you're like, are these people on crack? Not really, but kind of. <laughs> Again, not really, <laughs> but, but, but kind of. You're like, I think that guy's on crack. <laughs> but we want to be one of those churches that's exciting and, and it's fun. Because come on, at the end of the day, when you understand what Jesus has done for you, Come on, am I talking to anybody right now? When you understand what grace is and what he has done for each and every single one of us on the cross, you have reason to celebrate, don't you? Man, you got reason to get excited. Every single week that I come in church, I've got a reason to get excited because I understand what the grace of Jesus has bought me. It's bought me freedom and liberty, and I'm able to be passionate, and I'm able to love without any reservations, and I'm able to do good without any reservations because ultimately the grace of God has changed my life from the inside out. So we want to be that type of church. I love K2 Church because you guys are that type of church. And so I was honored when Pastor Dave asked me to come here and just share our vision and share our heart and just let everybody know that there's a new church in town. We're called The Well. We want to come alongside you guys and partner with you guys and come on, make some impact in this city and in this generation. So anybody who wants to make impact in this city, make impact in this generation, come on. It's awesome. So... But what all this has kind of led me up to, and that's kind of the vision, the heartbeat, in a really simplistic form, but what this has really led me to is, is this idea of surrender. Because at the end of the day, I can talk about all those things. I can talk about uh, planting a church and everything that's, go- that's, that's going into it and has gone into it and that will have to go into it. I can talk about building teams and raising finances and doing all of these things, and, and, and all that's good. I talk about trying to figure myself out and, and work through my insecurities as a pastor and as a leader. And, and, and I can talk about all those things that, that church planners go through. But at the end of the day, the single most apparent issue that I've had to deal with and I've had to wrestle through and, and, and go with during this process is the idea of surrender. Come on, shout surrender this morning. Surrender. So what I want to do is I want to take you to the Bible now. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 28. You'll see it up on the screens in just a moment. And it says this, Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 28. You love, you love your Bibles? You love the Word of God? It says this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So for those of you A-type personalities in here, you need to have notes, A, B, and C, and a title. Here you go. The title of this morning's message is An Act of Surrender. An Act of Surrender. How many of you guys love paintballing? Any paintballing people in here? Come on, let's not get too religious. Paintballing. I think Jesus invented it. So um, you take your team out there. You deal with all your issues out on the paintball field. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Marriage counseling has done great on the paintball field. <laughs> and all the wives were like, amen. Um, so I remember this one time we were paintballing with, with a group of us, and, 
I had this friend, uh, his name was Matt, and uh, we scaled up on the side of this hill, and we were going all commando, because guys, you, you know, everything changes once you enter the paintball field. You put, a, you, you put a paintball gun in a man's head and some camouflage, and, and he becomes possessed, all right? That's, that's the only thing I take. So we're, we're, we're kind of scaling up the side of this ridge, and we're, we're ducking, and we're covering, and, and we're doing somersaults, because that's just what you do in the woods with paintball guns, and so we're doing all these things, and we get behind this log, and as we get behind this log, our friend Matt takes the lead and he starts doing like swap motions like who are you what are you it's like there's there a big bird in the air somewhere like he was he was into it so we're down and we're down on our bellies and we get behind this this uh this log and uh he lay, he tells us to all lay down so we lay down on our stomach because at this point you just listen to him because the man's crazy so um so we're watching him and we're listening to him and he and he points to himself and he's like we're like, all right, dude, whatever. So he gets up on this log, and probably 3.25 seconds later, he ducks back down, turns around and looks at us, and he's got a green paintball, boom, right in the middle of his face. And I'm like, yeah, serves you right. <laughs> so, so he whispers to us. He says, I think we have to surrender. <laughs> We're surrounded. And I was like, yeah, do you think? And so we stood up, we surrendered, and uh, the, the other team was gracious to us, and they didn't, they didn't shoot us. But it's in that moment where I started to think, I've really thought about this idea of surrender for a long, long time. This, this moment where you make a clear and distinct decision to say yes to somebody else. Now, we don't think of it as a yes because we're like, well, we still want to wage war here. We still want to paintball. Like, what, what am I? I'm surrendering right now. But really what I'm saying yes to is the will of somebody else in that moment. I'm saying yes to the other team. I'm saying I will surrender myself, my team, my feelings, my emotions, my desire to do something more. I'm saying yes to you. And doing what you have for me to do. Well, that other team had for us to get off the paintball field at that point. But it's this interesting fact that Jesus is talking about right here about taking up our cross. The idea that he's trying to give each and every single one of us is he's asking each of us at the end of the day, are we willing to surrender to him? Are we willing to say yes to him? I believe that surrender defines all of our lives. And life for most of us is an act of surrender, whether we realize it or not, all right? And if we're not in surrender to Jesus, we're actually in surrender to something else. And for many of us, we don't actually really realize this. And so we go all of our life without wanting to deal with our relationship with God and surrender to him and and, and everything that that means. But what we don't necessarily realize is that when we're not in surrender to Jesus, we're actually in surrender to to something else. Many of us surrender to our jobs, our friends, our schools. Many of us surrender to that diagnosis, that bad report. Many of us surrender to comfort, complacency. Maybe you've surrendered to that opinion that was given about you and you let it define your life and so you surrendered to it. Come on, if I'm, if I'm honest, I've had a lot of opinions given about me in my lifetime. From, from preschool all the way up until even now as we've ventured out to do this thing, there's been opinions that have been shared about my life. If I would have surrendered to every single opinion about me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. 
Come on, some of us surrendered to our report cards a long time ago. I've told this story many times in my, in my kindergarten report card. I failed skipping. I didn't even know they judged you on that. It's like, how mean are these teachers? Let's get the kids to skip and the ones can't do it. F, fail. <laughs> I skip sometimes. <laughs> I didn't let it define me, and that's just a really simple way, but other people have said, you're not smart enough. You're not this, you're not that. Come on. I mean, some of the things, think about some of the things that have been said about you that could potentially define you that you've surrendered to. And I want to submit to you today that a life lived in surrender to God is the best life lived. It may not be the easiest life lived, but it's the best life lived. A life fully lived is lived in the grace of God. It's a life suspended in the grace of God. And so we can surrender easily because at the end of the day, we're not surrendering to somebody who doesn't care. We're not surrendering to somebody who who doesn't love, who doesn't have good things for us. But at the end of the day, we're surrendering to the one who ultimately loves, who perfectly loves, who has defined you in an appropriate way, who has created you, who's numbered the hairs on your head, who's thought about you and labored over you and orchestrated these amazing things for your life. So when we surrender, we're saying yes to the best person for our lives. I get a little bit excited about this if you haven't noticed already. Paul the Apostle wrote this. For those of you who don't know who Paul the Apostle is, he wrote a large majority of, of the New Testament. He wrote this in Philippians 1, 18 to 21. He says, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. For, for, excuse me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I love that scripture. In other words, what Paul is saying is that in both the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly, his life was gonna be in surrender to Jesus. No matter what was going on, it was gonna be in surrender to Jesus. Paul knew that the life he could live outside of Jesus was nothing compared to the life that he would live and surrender to him. So the question is this, how do we get there? How did I get there? How did, how did I move from just being a, a Bible college student in Australia to actually moving my family and, and, and encouraging a team uh, to, to displace themselves and relocate? How did we get to this place? I want to submit to you that it was an act of surrender for all of us. It was an act of surrender. But how did we get there? What are some of the things that I've learned about surrender? And that's really what I want to give you as we, as, uh, we spend the next little while thinking about surrender. And I think if, if you're anything like me, you need to know some of the whys. Do you guys like to know the whys? Like, like why do we do this? I'm not the dude who will just like jump off a cliff because somebody says it's cool. Um, I want to know that there's water down there, and there's, there's deep water down there, and I'm going to land softly and safely, so I like to know the why. So I want to give you some of the whys and some of the, some of the things that you need to understand about surrender. You guys ready for this? All right. Three things that we need to understand about surrender. Number one. Everybody say number one. Come on, from the front to the back. Say number one. There we go. Now you're with me. Our opportunity to surrender comes when we least expect it. Our opportunity comes... Our opportunity to surrender comes when we least expect it. For most of us, generally speaking, our lives are defined by our expectations. 
We do business, school, relationships, all according to our expectations. We parent and perform according to our expectations, don't we? We come into certain situations and we have expectations. I know that when I grew up, my, <clears throat> my parents were divorced. My father wasn't around very much. My stepdad uh, wasn't necessarily very engaged. And so I didn't necessarily have the father figure to look up to and to, uh, and to go, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great father figure to look up to and, and, and get some understanding from. So one of the questions that I had to ask myself and I was dealing with is, is the expectations going into being a father? So I started to set expectations. I want to do this and I want to be this and I want to be that. I think every single one of us goes into every situation in life with some sort of expectation or another. And although expectations are not bad within themselves, many of us miss opportunities in life because we're not prepared for the unexpected. And I've found throughout my life so far that God works in the unexpected. And many of the opportunities we have to surrender to him happens when we least expect it. When we least expect it. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 3 and 4. Verse 4, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he said to his flock to the, or, uh, he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Now let's just stop right there for a moment. That's awesome. Like if you're me, I would love for God to show up and speak to me through a burning bush. Is anybody else there? Most of the guys, because we like fire. So, you know, on a camping trip and you're hunting and everything like that, and God speaks just as you're burning the meatloaf, like things like that. So Moses, here he is. He, he, he's tending to his father's sheep. He's minding his own business. He's on the backside of the wilderness with a bunch of dirty animals. And I can guarantee you just by looking at the scripture, he was not expecting God to show up, especially in a burning bush. Lord, or, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame out of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? Because that's how intellectual men look at situations. <laughs> it's funny to me. If I was in that situation, I'd be freaking out in that moment. Be watching this thing happen, but Moses, no, he, he was smart. He must check and see why the bush has not burned. He wasn't expecting it. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God called him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said this amazing statement, which I love. He said, here I am. Here I am. It's an amazing moment in Moses' life where God speaks in the unexpected. And Moses responds in a way that all of us should learn to respond to God's invitation to surrender. Here I am. Our opportunity to surrender happens when we least expect it. Moses was just minding his business, tending to his father's sheep. When all of a sudden the unexpected happened, God shows up in a burning bush, gets the attention of Moses so he could call him out and lead him to play a significant role in freeing God's people. Too many times in life, K2, we are preoccupied with our expectations, and so we miss the unexpected moments of God's invitation. 
And I want to submit to you this morning and and encourage you this morning. Let's be the type of people that live lives where we're in constant search of the unexpected. When we're in constant holding pattern, waiting for God to speak. That doesn't mean you just sit on your couch, watch Oprah, and eat Cheetos all day long. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about being the type of person that goes about everyday life saying, God, is is that you? Is this you? Are you speaking to me? Are Are you showing up in the unexpected? It was an unexpected conversation in Bible college that I heard the voice of God about planting a church one day in Salt Lake City, Utah. God shows up in the unexpected. Our opportunity to surrender happens in the unexpected. Maybe for some of you this morning, this is an unexpected moment. Maybe you're in here this morning because, well, your wife dragged you here this morning. Maybe this morning you're here because your husband dragged you here this morning. Maybe you're here because a friend would not leave you alone about getting to K2 this morning. Maybe this is an exercise in New Year's resolutions. (laughs) Lose 10 pounds, go to church, love Jesus. Awesome, okay. (laughs) Wouldn't it be cool if we could just show up to church and the weight would drop off and our wallets would be filled? (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Um, So... I've been in a lot of church service going, come on, just six of them. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, so, but maybe this morning, maybe this moment is an unexpected moment for you. Maybe you thought you're just showing up to church this morning and get a nice little message and go about your day and have lunch and go get Chipotle. Chipotle, that's what we need. Okay, so... Um, but it was unexpected because now all of a sudden God's speaking to you and maybe your heart's pounding a little bit right now and your mind's going a million miles an hour because there's something that God's wanting to do in you in this moment. This morning is not just your average morning. No morning here is just your average morning because you've brought yourself to the house of God. And in the house of God, God wants to speak to his people. He wants to bring life and encouragement and hope. And he wants to set you up for the unexpected. And he wants to give you an opportunity to surrender to him. My encouragement to you is don't miss the unexpected. Realize that many of the opportunities that we have to surrender to God and his plan for our lives happen when we least expect it. Number two, every shout, number two. Number two, our opportunity to surrender comes when we least desire it. When we least desire, Matthew chapter 26, 36 through 44, and I'm not going to read it just for the sake of time, but there's this amazing kind of dialogue that starts to take place between Jesus and God the Father. And this is as Jesus is getting ready to be betrayed and go to the cross. He's about to be arrested, and Jesus finds himself in a moment of deep agony, and he's desiring something very different from what God the Father has for him. This is the amazing thing about Jesus. Hebrews tells us that we can, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that we can identify with Jesus because he went through the same things as us, the same temptations. And it's right here where we actually see Jesus wrestle with his father's desire for him. But Jesus does this amazing thing. As he's praying to God, he says, God, look, listen, yo, what's up? That's my personal interpretation, okay? He says, I really don't want to do this. But nevertheless, if it's your will, I'm down. We'll make it happen. He prays this prayer three times to God the Father. If this is your will, or if this this can be taken from me, take it. 
But if it's your will, I'm on board. You know, our opportunity to surrender comes when we least desire it. That's what happened about two years ago when God really started to stir in my heart this vision that he had planted in 2001. To be honest with you, can I be honest with you this morning, very candid? We were in a great place. We were, we were running ministries that were blowing up. They were flourishing. Our young adults ministry, our, our, our youth ministry, they were growing. People were being saved. We're having babies. That's awesome. Right? Our finances were good. We just purchased our first home. Life was great. There were no disruptions. Everything was, was managed and thought out, and we could see where it was going. There was light at the end of the tunnel. How, God, why are you stirring this in my heart now? How, how am I going to possibly take my family and uproot them and, 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 and our kids? What about our kids and, and our friends and, and, and all these different things that are happening? Why? And, and this is the one thing that I've learned to realize about God is that God cares more about your character than he does your comfort. And it's in this process of surrender that God deals with our character. It's in this process of giving up sometimes our desires for safe and comfortable and nice to say, God, I want to follow you on this grand adventure that you have for me. I know that Dave and the K2 team talk a lot about that, this grand adventure, living an adventure with God. And I'll tell you what, planning a church is a crazy Mr. Toad's wild ride. It is nuts. But I love it. And I traded safety and security for this grand adventure because at the end of the day, I know that I'm being led by the one who has nothing but the best for me. And I want to encourage you this morning. Take your moment to surrender to God. Maybe this year, God's got some new things for you that you never even thought about. Maybe this year, even though the economy says that you shouldn't do it, maybe there's this business that God is birthing in your heart because he, he desires for you to be more involved in your community and, and bless your church and be a part of building something. Maybe, maybe there's this new outreach. Maybe there's this getting involved with leadership. Maybe there's uh, who knows what it may be, but maybe God has something more for you and he's just asking you to show up and surrender. One author put it this way, we have a Christianity made easy as an accommodation to an age which loves personal comfort. In other words, we live in a generation and culture that values comfort over character, and therefore the reality of the gospel in our lives has simply been made bland and become irrelevant. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that is not bland and irrelevant, but is adventurous, fun, and exciting. And that happens when we surrender to God. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I'm going to give you number three, last one. Everybody say number three. Number three, the last thing that we need to understand about opportunity is our opportunity to surrender comes when we are least prepared for it. Exodus chapter three, verse 11. This is just a few verses after God meets Moses in the burning bush and is asking him to do some things. And this is what Moses says to God. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Look, the reality is this, is you will never be prepared for what God is asking you to do. You'll never be fully prepared. When I got married, I asked the question all the time, am I prepared for this? And I got married and quickly realized, nope. When I became a parent, I asked the question, am I prepared for this? After the first one, nope. After the second one, definitely nope. <laughs> 
Life changes right now. When you have one kid, it's, you know, two-on-one. It works really, really well. When you have two kids, it's, it's one-on-one. You go to three kids, and it's like zone defense. you got to figure the thing out. It's, it's crazy. Who's got who? Where's the other one? We lost the third one. Like, it's crazy. We're not prepared for it. And can I tell you something about the will and plan for your life? that God has for you, you're never going to be fully prepared for it. But Ephesians tells us this. Ephesians chapter 2 says that God has prepared for us. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do these good works which he prepared for us beforehand. So you and I may not be prepared to take on what God has for us, but God is fully prepared to lead you into what he has for you because he's already made the preparations. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be timid. But simply get back to a place where you can be like Moses. Say, here I am. I surrender to you. I'm asking you to stand to your feet. As you do, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Our team, myself, we're going to be out in the foyer, you can check out some of the information on the well. We'll be hanging around. If you need anything, you just want to chat for a while. We'd love to get to know you. But Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I pray that you would take this word and that you would sear it onto our hearts. God, I pray this morning that every single one of us sitting in this building, hearing your word, God would understand that surrender is the best option for our life. Ultimately, we're saying yes to you. Father, I don't know every situation and every circumstance that's represented in this room this morning, but with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, maybe this morning you'd say, you know what? I need to surrender to God. First and foremost, our our greatest act of surrender is not to his will and plan for his life, but it's surrendering to his grace and love and just simply saying yes to him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, maybe, maybe this morning that's you, maybe you stepped in this place and you have no idea what God has for you, but you're saying, you know what, I want to know them. I want to say yes to them. If that's you, would you just quickly slip up your hand? I don't want to embarrass you or anything like that, but if you're saying, you know what, I just want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Awesome. Thank you. Fantastic. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. Is anybody else this morning that say, you know what, I just want to give my life to him. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Father, I just pray right now that your grace would sweep into this building, change hearts and lives. God, as many of us make our steps and stances this morning to live for you and to follow you, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lead us, that you would guide us, and that we would know your grace every day of our life. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody shouted, amen.